Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Get it. The Bird Show. Abby had a live podcast taping the other day, and our former phone screener, Romeo, was kind enough to join you and be your guest to talk about his breakup. Yeah, the breakup that is still going on, <laughs> the breakup that hasn't happened yet that needs to. Yeah, Romeo was kind enough to step in because two weeks beforehand, I lost the person who was going to um, co-host it with me. She didn't die. She just backed out of it. And so <laughs> Romeo was like, oh, absolutely. I got nothing going on. I'll come on and tell you what's going on in my life. And so he came on and talked about his kind of break up with his girlfriend of about three years and we were talking about where he is right now and how he's been working through that and he brought up something kind of interesting about his criteria for when he wants to get back out there in the dating world and I thought it was funny because he thought that he was doing the right thing by making this criteria for himself, but all the women in the audience looked at him like he was absolutely crazy. Was this like a groan moment? Like he, I'm trying to remember exactly when this happened during the podcast taping. And I, I do remember something he said and everybody was like, Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little cringe. But I can't remember what it was. The part of him continuing to hang out with his lady, even though... Well, that, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, what I missed. You missed. You missed so a lot. Much. I see. People keep jamming me. They're like, is this taping somewhere? And I was like, no, the one caveat for Romeo coming on the podcast or yeah. the live podcast was that I wouldn't put it anywhere out of respect for him. But then he told me <laughs> on stage, he's like, yeah, I almost brought her here. And I was like, you what? what? I was like, you know how good that would have been if we could have gotten her to tell oh, her yeah. side? So yeah, maybe we'll have a second one where she comes. So what was his criteria? So he said, so filling you in on the breakup, he felt like one of the reasons that his girlfriend of three years didn't want to move to our city to be with him was because he felt like she didn't believe in his ability to be a provider and to be like the man in whatever stereotypical world you think that means. And he said that the next time he gets into a serious relationship, he wants to make six figures. Like that's his bar. And all the women are looking at him like, dude, you're 25, 26. Like no woman, I mean, expects that. No woman with a level head expects that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he kind of dug his feet into the ground and was, and was like, no, I, I think that's what I need to feel secure for my next relationship. So I don't feel like this happens again. I mean, if that's what he needs, then that's what he needs. And it's, it's not about what women expect or want and we shouldn't make it about us. It's about him. Mm, I mean, that's true. And you can correct me if I'm wrong because I was a couple of Aperol spritzes deep at this point. <laughs> Same. But didn't he say something like, to go along with that provider, he saw how hard his mother had worked and he oh. never wanted, he says he doesn't want his wife to have a job, I'm paraphrasing, or have to work. So I wonder if it's hand in hand with that. Like maybe that's the figure he needs. So then mm. he is thinking like, then his wife will not have to work because it's in a, in a roundabout way. It's like honoring his mother. I, th I think that was really sweet of him to say that. And all the women in the, in the audience collectively were like, oh, that was the awe moment. Yeah. Mo, that wasn't a grown moment. That was an awe moment okay. when he said that about his mama. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I see why. <laughs> and to me, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, maybe five years down the line. 
fine if he's married with kids. But to me, if you're going to block yourself from dating until you get to that point, like you may never even get to the marriage point, buddy, if you're waiting for that specific number to hit your bank account. Now, so if he was saying it in terms of he believes that's what women um, require or desire today, then I I can understand how y'all feel like, well, Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily true. But if he was saying it from a place of I only want to get in one more relationship. I want it to be serious and I want it to be a woman whom I really want to spend the rest of my life with. So I want to be in a position to be able to give her all of the things that I feel like she will desire. Mm -hmm. Then I I can understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Being there and recalling the conversation, he was not putting this on women. He was putting this on himself. Okay. Like this was his own requirement Mm -hmm. to make him feel secure in the relationship. So I understand that. As a man, I can see where he's coming from because if you are just dating, then that's one thing. But if you are dating to be serious with a woman, I can completely understand you feeling like I want to be in a position to have something to offer her if I am asking for her to spend the rest of her life with me. Has that ever crossed your mind that you needed to be at a certain um, financial place in order for you to be in a successful relationship? Not as early as him. uh, My later 20s, for sure. Like I think in my mid and early 20s, I wasn't even thinking that advancedly. I was just kind Mm -hmm. of just dating. But as I've gotten a little older and I started to take dating more seriously, I certainly felt like I need to have, I need to be in a position where I can provide or at least give her things that she may desire if I'm going to ask her to be be my girlfriend. I know my brother specifically felt that kind of pressure. So my brother also works in media and was a sports anchor in Tampa for a while. And while he loved his job, and also I think there were some lifestyle things that weren't working for him either. I do think a lot of the pressure for him changing careers had to do with money because my brother wants to live the kind of the suburban dream that he grew up in. He wants the kids and the wife and the nice big house. And I think a lot that factored into his decision was I want to be a financial provider. Is that unfair pressure on men, though? Because I feel like that's just, it's one thing to want to provide for your partner, but I feel like it's reinforcing these gender roles where men have to pay for everything. And then in Romeo's case, and I'm not trying to come down on him, he doesn't want his wife to have to work. But what if she wants a career and she wants to work? I mean, then you'll have even more income. But I I just feel bad for guys, especially like your brother, Abby, who are feeling, or Romeo, who is withholding relationships from himself or who are changing jobs to get a higher paycheck because they think they need to do that to be the provider for a woman. And if you want to do it for yourself, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. I just feel like that is unfair pressure on men. Like women should be able to provide for themselves. And if you want to give gifts as a partner, that's cool. But Don't punish yourself in the meantime. Mm -hmm. It can be unfair depending on the dynamic of the relationship. I don't know what Romeo was specifically looking for, but for me, I would like for it to be both. Like, I still want her to, if she wants to work, work. If you want to provide for yourself, that's awesome. But at the same time, maybe a part of it is because I grew up watching my dad do that. Like, he just, whenever the family needed to be taken care of, he was capable of doing it. So I guess there's something that you see in your dad doing it that if... If she ever does need anything that she can't necessarily provide for herself, you feel like as a man that is a part of, I don't want to say your job, but that is a part of being the man in the relationship that you can back her up anytime she needs it. It's like an an, an innate desire. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly that. I also think there's other things that men can provide that aren't necessarily financial. Mm -hmm. Like I saw somebody had this take on TikTok where it's like, okay, sure, you can provide financially, but can you provide emotionally? Can you provide Mm -hmm. physically? And I think a lot of women more than maybe men expect, like would appreciate that more than just accepting a check or like a nice dinner paid for. I think that far outweighs a six figure salary. I completely agree. Get it. The Bird Show. All right. So Mo, you are either a really good friend or you need to learn the power of the word no. 
I, I had a weekend that genuinely taught me that there's a very thin line between being a good friend and just genuinely not knowing how to say no to your friends. And I paid for it. I think I'm still paying for it. I had the longest weekend of my life. And I actually think I need Katie's help because Katie has had no problems telling her friends no. As she well, has she been says Katie yes, the and flake. then she just doesn't show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, wait. Here. Hey, Katie. Hey, Katie. 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 Katie, I need you to help me because, okay, so my last weekend, um, I had promised one of my really good friends that I would show up for his birthday celebration. And I felt bad because the last couple of years I had made that promise to him, but I wasn't able to make it. And he understood because it always was something that big that came up where he was like, I completely get it. And this year, I was like, my, my calendar's actually clear that weekend. I can make this happen. But the problem is he lives in Miami. He doesn't live here in Atlanta. And so the weekend came, and I realized that I completely overbooked myself. And it was an accident, but it was what it was. Do so, you not have a calendar, sir, that you put things on? You know my problem? I was, an event will come up, and I'll say, all right, I'll put that on my calendar later. And then I forget. Uh-uh. You have to adopt. Do it now. That's what I'm learning. I have to do it right in that moment. Yep. I, I have a big issue with that. With mm-hmm. text messages, returning texts, I always like, oh, I'll get to it in a second because yep. I'm always doing something else. Mm-hmm. And then I forget. So that's what happened. And I was supposed to be in Miami Friday and Saturday and come back Sunday. But the way my planning worked out, I ended up having to be in Miami Friday night because I, I promised them I would go. And then I had to be back Saturday night because I promised my friends here that I would go to the Atlanta United game where we were invited. And then I also promised another friend that I would meet him on Sunday for one, for his barbecue because it was like a business barbecue where he wanted me to meet some of his associates. Oh, how does it feel to be so popular? Um, not great. <laughs> not great. And I thought I could, I could map this out and I could do it. And my friend immediately gave me the out. And this is where I know I have the problem because I told him I can't stay till Saturday. I can't stay till Sunday anymore. And he asked me why. And I told him. And when I told him, he was like, bro, just don't come. Like, it's okay. I get it. But you do not have to fly here just to have a night with me to turn around around and have to fly back and I was like no I can't do that to you I promised I was going to be there again so um, I'm going to be there and I knew it was bad because that Thursday we had the noon um, the noon tonight fashion show at Avalon so I really didn't get a lot of sleep that Thursday night and I got like an hour nap that Friday got up got right on the flight and I everything in my being said you cannot do this you need to just make it up to him and do it another time but I ended up going, and I felt so bad because the party was supposed to start at 8 o'clock, and it started at 10, and I was asleep by 10.30. <laughs> I flew all the way to Miami to go to his birthday party no. and was asleep at the party. <laughs> I was out. You did not. You fell asleep at the party? At the party. No, no, you did not. At the party. And I wasn't even drunk. That's what made it worse. Like, I was actually sober. I just had a couple <laughs> drinks. But I was that tired to where I genuinely fell asleep. And for some reason, they just partied around me. Like, nobody. <laughs> so, no. are you at a club? Are you at a restaurant? It was like he rented out this, um, like, one of those spaces that you would have in, like, a um, like a community, like a development or something like oh, that. Like uh, a clubhouse. Like a clubhouse. Exactly. Yeah. So, he rented out a clubhouse. And they just let me sleep and I, I woke I woke up and everybody was like kind of cleaning up and I was like what happened and he's like man go back to sleep you pretty much missed the party no so I had to get on a flight from there which is why I couldn't make it to Abby's um live event on Saturday because I had just got back I got an hour of sleep and then went with Katie to the Atlanta United game and then literally right after that in which that night is funny because Katie is so good at saying I can't do this that after the Atlanta United game 
I decided I was going to go out, and I never do that. I always go home. I'm always the guy that wants to go home. This particular night, I look at Katie, and I said, I'm, I'm actually want to keep going. Tonight. Well, yeah, because you you got a lot of good rest at that party the night before. <laughs> exactly. Now it's time to party for real. And then Katie gives us a place to go to, and we're all excited to go to this place we've never been. And as we're on our way there, Katie texts me like, yeah, I'm not going to make it, y'all. <laughs> you are something else. You really are. I really need to have her teach me how to say no. Like she is so good at it. You're an instigator. You're she, an instigator. And then you bail. She picked the place. <laughs> did it show up? Wait, so what happened was, right? <laughs> I, I want to do these things. Like, I always want to go out and I want to say yes and do it. But then when I'm actually living in that moment, Things may change. So when we were leaving the game, it was, yes, let's go to this other place. But by the time I made it to my car, I'm like, yeah. Katie, you're out of steam. And so I'm like, look, I'm wow, not that, really. F- that happened fast. Really fast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know parking around Mercedes-Benz Stadium can be like a bit of a bear, but that happened fast. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I text him like, look, I'm really just not going to make it. I didn't cut my ankle. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> what, what happened to your ankle? I cut my ankle. Um, so. That's going to be my new excuse for right. everything. Can you make it? No, I, I suffered cut. a cut on my ankle. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just really not going to make it. And so that's what I do. If it's the actual moment, even if I said yes before, I'll either say, look, I'm really just not feeling well. Sorry, I'm not going to make it. My bad. But my problem is I do that hours before instead of like when I really know that I'm not going to do it. No minutes. But sometimes you just have to say that you ran out of steam. You're yeah. right. But your 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 true friends will know that about that will know that about you and will accept that about you. Mm-hmm. And so are you learning to accept this about Katie? I am. And I'm I'm really taking a page out of her book because I am still tired from that entire weekend. And sometimes as much as you want to always satisfy your friends, you just simply don't have it. So I'm I'm learning how to say I'm out of steam. Thank you, Katie. You're welcome. Remember, you just you got a cut on your ankle. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cut, cut, paper cut. Hey, it's a real cut, y'all. <laughs> Get it. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. The first photo of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey coupled up has leaked and Swifties are freaking out. So it's a photo of Taylor at the bar that Travis rented out and she's perched on his lap and has her arm wrapped around his neck. But unfortunately, an amateur body language expert says that Swifties shouldn't get too excited because he thinks that their body language means that they're doomed. So this is a guy named Jack Mack from Barstool. And he has this viral theory called the green line test, which basically means how a couple leans into each other in a photo determines the success of the relationship. So if the man is, and this is obviously for heterosexual relationships, if the man is leading into the woman, it's doomed. If the woman's leading into the man, it might work out. But the best case scenario is if both couples are leaning into each other or parallel to each other and there's it's just like straight up and down so if you're matching energy if you're matching energy is essentially what it's trying to say but he also has another theory called the claw anytime a woman wraps her arm around a man and grabs his shoulder like a claw and jack mack seems to think that this means travis and taylor are doomed now what is the claw (laughs) it's a dominant move one often used by a mother to show that she has ownership over her son that she will guide him and he will listen because after all he's a child now extend this to a relationship between a man and a woman when the woman puts the claw on her man 
she is bringing him down and showing that, hey, I'm your mother. You're <laughs> like a child to me, and I own you. The thing is, is we do call Taylor Swift mother, so I feel like it's very fitting. But in the photo, she just has her her arm wrapped around him. She doesn't have a claw out, so I still think there's a chance. So, and she, you said she's sitting on his lap? Yeah, she's perched yeah. on his lap. Well, maybe she's just doing that for, like, balance. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, and, and to make sure, like, you're not gonna fall off, so you're just kind of, like, you're holding on for dear life. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so she doesn't fall off. That's sexist AF. Like, if a man put his arm around me and had a claw, like, nobody is like, oh, they're doomed. I think it's ridiculous. And they just met anyway. On top of that, like they're they just started dating. So of course, like, no, just no. And you also well, you have to recognize the source of where this is coming from. It is Barstool. There's so. that. Didn't we do the lean test here yeah. once before? I thought we did. Mm-hmm. With all of our uh significant others. Oh, we did. We probably, I don't remember yes. what the results were, but I remember we oh did that. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Because we brought in pictures of us with our significant others and we tried to figure out um it was the whole matching energies and who was leaning into who. Oh, Oh my God, I forgot about that. We sure did. Did anybody not pass the green line test? I am 90% sure somebody did it, but I can't remember who. I did, can't either. I was they, trying to remember. Did they break up? I think I remember who, and I think they did. <gasps> That's all I'll say. Dun, dun, dun. I could be remembering totally wrong, though, but I'm pretty sure someone did. It might have been me. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> remember. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was you, Mo. I gotta go Mo's back and like, see if it worked. Mo's like, no wonder this sounds familiar. <laughs> Mo, has a woman ever clawed you? Like, um, looking th- back, do you think I that's ever happened to you? You're too tall to claw. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they climb, they don't claw. Yeah, I feel like they would have to claw you just to, like, I don't know, get to the same height. They're like, hang on, we gotta be, be in awkward. the same zip code. Now, like, in defense, that does feel like a very... Um, like if I'm friends with a guy, like genuinely friends, I would like put my arm around like that, like and grab mm-hmm. the shoulder. So I can see how it kind of feels like a friend move. Yeah. But I don't feel like you can just apply it and be like, they're not going to work out because she gripped his shoulder with mm. too much strength. And if they don't, he can't claim that he he, he called it. Yeah. Yeah. Because no. yeah, no. I mean, everybody's got a 50-50 chance right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Only time will tell. Rumors are swirling that she is going to the next Chiefs game at MetLife Stadium. And reportedly, she's requested four tickets for her friends so wow. it's time really? for travi to meet taylor's friends so i'm really excited Travie. about this <laughs> also a really funny swift inside joke has infiltrated heinz ketchup so some a swift fan account posted a photo of taylor in the suite with a chicken nugget and in <laughs> ketchup and then it said in the tweet here's taylor with with ketchup and seemingly ranch well it's gone so viral that heinz has now introduced a special edition line of cranch that literally says on the front, ketchup and seemingly ranch. Interesting. <laughs> All because somebody tweeted that. Yep. These people are so invested in her being in that suite, what she was eating, who she was talking to, and she was eating ketchup and seemingly ranch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a ranch gal, too, so that makes me happy that she's a ranch head, but that's okay. I'm a seemingly ranch gal, so. <laughs> One of the Kardashians was almost a star in Yellowstone. I'll tell you about this unlikely matchup on your next eBuzz on The Bird Show. Get it. The Bird Show. All right, so the question is, what is the funniest thing your kid said about your ex? So it's either your ex-wife or your ex-husband, and your kid said it to you, and maybe it wasn't an amicable breakup, right? And so you're trying to be a good co-parent, but your kid says this, and essentially it's an insult about your ex. 
and you're not sure how to react. <laughs> 1-855-BIRCHOW, 855-237-8746. Cause this happened to my friend and she texted us in the group chat and she's like, oh my God, listen to what blank said about her dad. And when she, she typed it out and she sent it and it's just like one of those out of the mouths of babes, just a child where she got it. I don't know. Um, and I, I can say with, uh, with, the, with certainty, it did not come from her mom because she is trying to be like, she's trying to be a good co-parent, right? Um, her seven-year-old daughter called her dad a gold digger. Oh. <laughs> Does the mom got money? <laughs> no, because they're exes, right? So she's picking them up and she's driving them around and she goes, yeah, by the way, mom, dad's a gold digger. And so that's what she's saying about her ex-husband. And I guess because, you know, the new woman he's with, who he's kind of like living off of or whatever. But dude, she was cackling. And, and she, in the moment, they're in the car and she says this. And of course you want to laugh, but then you also don't want to reinforce her saying negative things right. about her dad. Mm -hmm. Just the most uncomfortable position, but so funny because <laughs> it's true. Right. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is it Tanya or Tanya? Tanya. Tanya, welcome to the Burt Show. What did your kids say about your eggs? My eight-year-old absolutely loved the outfit that she was wearing. And she said, oh, I'm going to wear this to my daddy's funeral. Hey, <laughs> yo. Whoa, okay. That one's zero to 60. Um, I I'm assuming he was still very much alive? Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, okay. And how does one respond to that? Oh, that's a great choice. I love your outfit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> great sense of style. All right, so I also went online to see if there were any, and sure enough, from Huffington Post, um, a divorce uh, attorney said these were some of the things the kids had said in reference to one of their parents. Um, one kid said, is that going to be more like an uncle now? Oh. <laughs> Gosh. Yikes. Um, do we have to choose which parent we like better, which is kind of sad. That kind of hurts my heart a little bit. And then the other one uh, said from my six-year-old with a dis disgusted look on her face, are you now exes? <gasps> I guess just trying to grasp the concept. Um, all right, Kim, what did your kid say about your ex? My daughter, um, my ex-husband and I, we are divorced, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, she came home one day and said, Mom, is Dad dating through the alphabet? <gasps> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, man, cleaning up every letter. His name was Ashley. Uh-huh. His second girlfriend's name was Brittany. Uh-huh. And now he has moved on to the letter C. No. Oh, she actually had a point. She did. <laughs> D's next. <laughs> she, and hey, kudos to her. She knows her ABCs. ABCs. Is easy, easy as one, one two, two, three. three. <laughs> Your dad is sleep. Easy. ABC. <laughs> one, two, three. You and me. Hey, hey. Uh, thank you so much for calling, Kim. Absolutely. Um, I'm very proud of our, who knew that my friend was not in a boat all alone. Um, Rachel, thank you for joining the conversation. What did your kids say about your ex? So we were in, um, her like fifth grade classroom, you know, project. Everybody was there and someone asked where her dad was and she said, well, he went to go get some milk. <laughs> 
<laughs> like like lady milk? No, he, like that's the thing. Like he, he's not oh, coming no. back. He's not coming yeah, back. He to go get some milk. Come back. Yeah. Yeah. But pack of was, cigarettes or some milk. They they're not coming back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pack. Yeah. Pack. Like, everybody started. She was cracking up. Like it was a joke to her. It was hilarious. <laughs> Well, I mean, it seems like laughter helps you overcome tough times. Absolutely. So I feel like coming from a kid, that might be a good sign. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know what? That they're that they're accepting this. All right, Kristen. Spelt the same way as me and I love it. Hi. Uh, Hi. All right, so what did your kid say about your eggs? Um, my daughter came home from her dad's house and we were talking and she's like, Hey mommy, um, daddy's got a lie in church this weekend. And I was like, oh, really? What did he say? And she said, well, he said he was a good person. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying, but I just changed the subject. I was like, I couldn't control my laugh. I just kind of walked away and changed the subject. Gosh, oh, that's yeah. pretty funny. You handled it well, and uh, that, that was Daddy, pretty impressive. And they keep on coming in. Tracy, welcome to the first show. What did your kid say about your eggs? So um, we were living out in the country um, on like six acres and a dog came to the property and I said, don't feed it. Cause if you feed it, it won't leave. And she goes, well, that works with dad. If we stop feeding him, will we go? <laughs> I knew where she was going with that one. <laughs> and that's when he left. Oh no. Oh. See, kids, they have a way of making you look at a situation in a completely different light. They say the darndest things. They, right? Yes, they There's do. a whole series and a whole TV show about it. If you're looking for somewhere to celebrate, whether it be a birthday or a graduation or an anniversary, may I recommend an Atlanta United match. So my husband and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. He is a massive Atlanta United fan. So of course, we decided to go to a match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and had the best time. I'm telling you, if you're a super fan, if you're a casual fan, going to an Atlanta United match is a great way to celebrate. My husband got to watch a great match and I got to enjoy delicious wine. And I also may have gone to the team shop and got myself a new sweatshirt. I'm very excited about my new Atlanta United sweatshirt. (laughs) And kudos to Atlanta's fan base because every time we ride Marta to go down to a match, it is packed full of people wearing their Atlanta United gear. Visit atlutd.com for tickets and also for the match schedule. That's atlutd.com. Hey y'all, it's Katie here from The Bird Show. Pride unites us all and so does Atlanta United. That's why I'm giving you the chance to win a spot in The Bird Show's Pride Night Suite in celebration of Pride Month. That's right. Join me and The Bird Show crew on Sunday, June 2nd, as Atlanta United takes on the fierce rival Charlotte FC with kickoff at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We need to beat Charlotte, so we will be loud and proud. Believe that. Oh, and by the way, did I mention Atlanta United is giving away a -a one-of-a-kind Pride-inspired towel, plus a $5 donation to Lost and Found Youth, an Atlanta-based nonprofit that provides services to the LGBTQ plus youth, which is included with your Pride Night ticket pack. Remember, to enter for your chance to win a spot in the Bird Show's Pride Night Suite, head over to thebirdshow.com. To guarantee your tickets and Pride towel, go to atlutd.com and click the promotional packs tab for more details. Can't wait to see you all there June 2nd at 4.30 p.m. Together, we are Atlanta. Atlanta United. See you there. 
The Bird Show. All right, so Abby, you might feel different about dating your step-sibling <laughs> after hearing this. This is courtesy of your podcast, The Breakup Breakdown, which is on the Pioneer Network. Yeah, could y'all ever date your step-sibling? I mean, I know you might not have one, but like in theory, could you? No. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. No, because they're because of that word sibling. Yep. Sibling. Even yes. Even if there's no blood relation, the fact that our parents are married, mm-hmm. it it that is way way too close for comfort. How old are we when we met? Uh, you were in your late teens, early twenties. Yeah, I could do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if you met them before they were married? Yeah. So if we grew up together, mm-hmm. like being parented, like if I'm being parented by your mom. Uh, no, because then it feels like a sibling. But if we let in our, met in our late teens and maybe lived under the same roof for like a sneeze worth of time. Yeah, no problem. No, you could not. They're not related to me. And They're obviously, th- obviously our genes are compatible because our parents got married. Sandra. <laughs> I'm just saying, how hot is he? He's hot. Very hot. Then like yes. the hottest man you've ever seen. For sure. If we are not, if I don't look at him like a sibling, like if we're literally not being parented and raised in tandem like that, then I'm not going to see you as a sibling. Now, like if all throughout high school we're being raised together and fighting, then hell no, because I'm looking at you like a brother. Interesting. For me, it's the amount of time we've spent under the same roof being raised by the parents. So I knew people in high school that hooked up with their step-siblings, and I thought that was just kind of a fluke. But when I put this episode out about this woman describing her relationship with her stepbrother, I really thought it would be the most unrelatable episode I've ever put out. I was like, there's no way more than like a handful of people have ever dated their stepbrother and had like a significant experience with it. But when I put this episode out a while back, I got so many DMs of people saying, yeah, I dated my step-sibling. I know somebody who else who dated their step-sibling. And apparently it's like a very common experience. So this woman and I got in contact from a submission from somebody else where they had mentioned that this girl was like now an influencer and they'd been friends, um, you know, at a, at a period in their life. And they knew that she dated her stepbrother. Like it was like a very like known thing. And then that they had broken up and um, had always just been curious about it because you would think if someone's technically related to you by marriage, you think that would be enough of a turnoff, but it wasn't. And it actually was a very like level-headed story. Doesn't it, I know it sounds like, you know, a, a scandalous, court, scandalous, like an adult film plot, but she had a lot of really great things to say. And essentially she met this uh, guy, I, I her parents hadn't, their parents hadn't started dating yet, but they, they were at like a pool party and she saw him and she was like, this is the finest man I have ever seen in my life. I absolutely want to date him. But they never really quite got together until their parents met and got married. And their relationship was actually pretty great. And then all of a sudden, you know, they go off to college, the parents get married and the daughter, the stepdaughter and the stepbrother, their relationship starts to progress to the point where they've dated for a couple of years. They get a apartment in Manhattan together and they're living together and everything's great. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and I guess their families had differing political views and that caused a lot of tension because now you're living under the same roof as your stepmom and stepdad, your respective parents, and then also the stepkids who are dating. And it was just a very tense environment to where opinions were clashing and you have the parents and then the step siblings and then it just leads into them breaking up. But she was she wanted the relationship to continue. She even when we were having our conversation on the podcast, she was like, I want to get back together with him. And so was she, he the one that called it off? She, he was the one that called it off. She was very much wanting to stay with him. And I was like, well how awkward is that? Because she ended up telling me that he is 
I don't know. I mean, this was a while back, but he at the time was dating somebody else and was planning on bringing that person to their family Thanksgiving. And I said, are you going to go? And she goes, well, she can't go. Like, this is my family. Like, you can't be bringing around some other girl. Yes, but you I was, can. Isn't it his but family, was, too? Exactly. I'm like, you can't really be policing who people bring around your family. I mean, I know you guys have relationship history, but this is why you don't date your step-sibling. Exactly. <laughs> you made that bad. But I thought it was so interesting that she, when we had our conversation, seemed at the time to be very hung up on this guy. And you really can't avoid them or ignore them because... You're related to them by marriage. You're yeah. going to see them at family holidays. You're going to have to check in on them because your mom is married to their dad. And it's fam- they are family. Whether it's, Yeah. It's quite literally family. Listen, if it's good enough for Cher Horowitz, it's good enough for me. <laughs> There's a whole movie about this. Clueless. Cher was in love with Josh. Obviously, Paul Rudd. Nobody batted an eye. Nobody was like, it's weird. They were like, go, Cher. Get your man. It was a very cute love match. And... For some reason, I can suspend reality there. Well, and their house was big enough that you technically would never have to see each other if you broke up. I don't know. I always felt like that relationship was icky. Really? Okay, so, but what if, um, what if you are dating somebody and then the parents end up getting together and getting married, Mm. but you were dating first? That would really make me mad because you make it weird and it didn't need to be weird. This was my boyfriend. Like what if you were yeah. Yeah, no, I got my parents gotta knock it off. We we were here first. Absolutely. Well anyway, if you want to listen to the full episode, it's season two, episode twelve of my podcast, The Breakup Breakdown, and I'll link it in my Instagram stories. The Bird Show. So if you've ever contemplated getting on medication for any kind of mental struggle you might be on. I definitely think you need to stick around and listen to this next segment. So we call it Free Therapy Thursday. The Burt Show likes to get on and um, basically suggest everybody get therapy. Um, And unfortunately, that's not always accessible to everyone, uh, depending on different circumstances. So we have Miranda Campbell here, who is a licensed therapist from Port Counseling Group, who is kind enough to come on here and donate your services and try to help out some of our listeners and some of their therapy questions. So thank you once again for being here today. Of course. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. And so today we're specifically going to focus on medication. And you and I were just chatting um, during the commercial break that there is such a stigma around people taking medication when it comes to um, anxiety, depression, et cetera. And it's like, you wouldn't shame a diabetic for taking insulin. You wouldn't shame a cancer patient for taking chemo. So why in the world would you ever shame somebody for taking something for their anxiety or for their depression. Yeah, I think people sometimes fear what they don't understand. Mm -hmm. And there's such a stigma about like, oh, that makes you weak or maybe you just aren't praying hard enough or your relationship with a higher power isn't strong enough and that, that's... Yes. Got it. Yes. All right, so we got an email specifically asking about getting on medication. Hey, Bart Show. I've been listening to your show for a very long time and I know y'all are huge advocates for good mental health therapy, and even medication when needed. I recently had my first telehealth visit with a psychiatrist and was almost immediately prescribed Lexapro. I think that's what Kristen takes. I'm supposed to start it tomorrow, and I'm oddly terrified of taking medication. I've been battling with anxiety for a while, probably a lot longer than I realize, actually, and it's been exacerbated by kids and life in general, really. There's now a glimmer of hope that maybe this is what I need and maybe there is a light at the end of this seemingly endless tunnel I've been traveling down, but I'm scared that it's somehow going to change me for the worst. Is that crazy? I feel like I know this is the right move and I've known for a while, but now that the time has finally come, I am terrified. 
please tell me this is somewhat normal, maybe, hopefully, and I'm not alone. I've never been on any type of medication ever, but I need a way to pull myself out of this. Thanks for your advice and the laughs you guys provide on the regular. Love y'all. So to confirm, I am on Lexapro. Uh, I have been on Lexapro for six years for anxiety. And um, I actually increased my dose at year five because I started feeling those similar Mm -hmm. um, like pulls of anxiety. And so we upped it. I was at 10 milligrams and now I'm at 15 milligrams. So it's it's a fairly small dose um, or not 0.5 and then 0.10 or 0.10, 0.10, then 0.15. Lord have mercy. I probably should have taken it today. Um, so for me, it was a game changer. And I honestly didn't know life could be like this mm-hmm. had I not taken it. And I, I did like, I did therapy for years. I was doing yoga. I started watching my diet, trying to alleviate the anxiety and nothing was working. So for me, it was like, all right, I felt like I've done the work. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to take the medication and see what happens. And it was a blessing. It, it worked for me. I know for some people it didn't work. You got to find the right, um, the right medicine and also the right dosage for you. But it it honestly can change your life for the better. For sure. And for those that are feeling kind of nervous or hesitant, about taking medications, I would suggest doing what you did in exhausting other options just to see what impact it makes. If those symptoms are still persistent, then why not consider it? Um, another sign that you may benefit from having um, medication prescribed is if your symptoms serve as a barrier to you actually using effective coping skills. Mm-hmm. So if you're too depressed or too anxious to actually follow through with like, I can't get out of bed for my therapy appointment or I can't, you know, find the motivation to, to go to yoga, then that would be a a definite sign. And I under, I think you, she should take normal out of your vocabulary. Um, as far as like you feeling terrified, I had gotten to the point that when I was prescribed it, I wasn't terrified. I was relieved. Okay. Like, okay, we're going to try this. Hopefully, you know, I was relieved and I was hopeful. Um, and for two weeks I was in this fog you know what? I'm going to check myself. There was a a bit of terrifying as far as like, I thought it was going to change me and I wouldn't be the same Kristen and I wouldn't be as good on the radio Mm. because it would take away from my creativity. But what ended up happening after I got through that two week fog, I had even more clarity and more creativity and it actually brought out the aspects I like about myself more. Yeah, that makes total sense. And so if you're not sure, you just have to trust yourself to know that you can respond to whatever comes up as it does come up. So if you're experiencing things are getting worse or, you know, there are some possibilities that you may have uh, negative symptoms as a result of the medication. And that's not to scare you. It's just, you know, if you know, then you can kind of be on the lookout for it and respond accordingly. I think as a mom, it definitely makes sense for you to consider that as an option. Like I recently just stopped taking medication that I was prescribed for postpartum and it was a huge ordeal for me mentally, like to see a provider for it as a therapist, you know, there was a lot of like shame and I had to even combat my inner like, oh, I should be able to do this. What are people going to think about me? Um, But at the end of the day, I knew that it was important for me to be able to show up as a mom I wanted to. And so, you know, think about your why as you're 
as you're confronting the anxieties? I think there's a, a lot of doubt because you just mentioned postpartum and I had severe postpartum depression. And I, I, I started seeing a therapist, but I didn't really pursue medication in a way that I wished I had now in mm-hmm. retrospect. Um, I feel like I'm out of that uh, postpartum depression period and I still have anxiety and OCD, which is being managed a lot better through things that uh, like coping techniques. Mm-hmm. But looking back when I was in it, I was like, I don't need meds like this is going to go. I can fix this. I don't need this or not even realizing there was a problem. Just being mm-hmm. like, this is how life is. Mm-hmm. And now in retrospect, I'm like, no, I didn't need to be that hard. It didn't have to be that kind of a fight every single day. I could have made life so much easier for myself if I had just used this tool that was accessible to me, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the stigma. I don't know if it's like I can do it myself or yeah. also not even realizing like I was in that place. So I think being able to stop and, uh, you know, for our listener and be like, yes, I'm in that place where this could help me. And I, I just want to offer not that I've ever done meds, but in retrospect as someone who has gone through a period like that, looking back, like it doesn't have to stay that way. Yeah. It'd be like Mo trying to swim without a floaty. Totally. I like to bring levity to these these deep topics. But I you mean, have to in order to get through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. But but do it. Why not? Yeah. See and also happens. too, this doesn't have to be like a permanent solution. Some people get on it. And then, like, a year or two later, are able to get off of it. Me, right. personally, my doctor brought that up and our, you know, because I get prescribed. I have a therapist, but she's not licensed to do prescriptions. So I get yeah. my medicine through my general practitioner. And she was like, well, you know, you're doing, would you like to get off? And I was like, nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> We're good. We're good. We're going to stay. So, I mean, it's just whatever you feel you need. And just like, yeah. you, you were able to go ahead and get through postpartum and you had the help of the medication and now you feel strong enough that, okay, we can, we can take this away and see how we do. Yeah. I mean, having a baby during the pandemic, like, girl, yeah, that was so What <laughs> coping skills do you have access if you chose to be on the conservative side about the exposures. Yes. And also, I mean, when's the last time we went through a pandemic? Like, there's really right. nothing to, like, compare reference to. or compare mm-hmm. it to. So Everything I did to prepare was a moot point uh, yep. because of the pandemic. And so the, I'm sure everyone has little nuances in their life mm-hmm. that they have to sort out. But I, I think you bring up an important point about including your therapist if, if you're seeing one in the conversation, they can help you identify like, is this working? Is this not? Yeah. Oh, I'm concerned about this or this shouldn't be happening and, and prompt you or coordinate services with your prescriber. Awesome. All right. So thank you so much, Miranda Campbell from Port Counseling Group. Um, if you want to reach out for any of their services, you can find them at portcg.com. Thank you. Thank you. You're on The Bird Show. Abby has a ninja creamy. <laughs> Stop! The, the sexy jokes are out of control. Oh, man. Just be so grateful you don't get to hear what we talk about during commercial breaks. Now, Abby, what is a ninja creamy? It's an ice cream maker, Kristen. Is it? it is. It is. Just... Don't try to look up the definition on Urban Dictionary. Uh, I might get something new. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, y'all the ones asking me to bring in my Ninja Creamy tomorrow, so I, I would anymore. like to try it. I'll bring it in. I'll bring it in. I got to get the ingredients. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. It was supposed to be really sweet. His first time, her first time. But after they did it, he confessed. 
He lied. It wasn't his first time. Did she ever confront him after your entertainment buzz? Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. If you had to guess which Kardashian was almost in Yellowstone, which one would you guess? Does it also include the Jenners or just the Kardashians? All of them. Think of anybody involved in the Keeping Up with the Kardashian crew. Chloe. Oh, I'm trying to think of who would look the most natural on a on a ranch. <laughs> but I feel like Kendall could Kendall, blend in. I think she looks like she's had the least amount of work done. She also loves horses. I, I'm going to go Kendall. Okay, that's a good guess. I'm going. Um, I'm going to branch out a little bit. Is, you said Kardashians and Jenners. Yes. Think of anybody associated with them as well. Oh, oh man, Black oh. China. That I would pay to see. My, my guess was going to be Brody Jenner. So it's actually Chris Jenner's boyfriend, Corey Gamble. No way. Yeah. So apparently he was up for a role in the series Yellowstone, which if you've never heard about it, it's basically a historical piece about like cowboys and stuff and people, you know, Ranchers. on the ranch. And he was up for a role and Chris, who manages all of them, said no. Huh? And she said no because um, she was worried that they they were going to give him like a romance plot line and make him kiss somebody else. And she said, oh, absolutely not. I wouldn't do that. Get over yourself, Chris. Stop it. The woman whose daughter's career was founded on a sex tape. (laughs) This is where she draws the line. Okay. So, but then they, she was asked, what if they asked you to have a role and you to kiss somebody else? And she said, oh, I'd absolutely do it. (laughs) So why is it okay for her, but not okay for him? That's Mm -hmm. a question for Chris and not for me. Yep. It's a little bit of a double standard, as they call it. Or there's something else going on behind the scenes or that has gone on behind Mm. the scenes. Or she maybe maybe has some, like, cheating trauma in her past somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. She seems a little jealous, but I think it would have been really cool to see him in the series. I definitely would have watched for it just to see. If I were him. Yeah, he Mm could have become a big star, Mm -hmm. especially if he was trying to become an actor. Although I will say, I do think the Kardashians and their whole crew do need to stay away from TV and movies. I saw a scene of Kim Kardashian in the new American Horror Story series. Um, She could use a couple lessons. Really? Yeah, she's not bad, but it's very obvious that she's like a celebrity plant in a certain role. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever be able to watch her in anything and not see her as... Kim, Kim Kardashian. Kardashian. Yeah, yeah. And I felt the same way. I mean, I, I just about any celeb that doesn't have a background in acting, like Taylor Swift had a role in a movie. Love her. I think she's one of the most talented women on earth. Wasn't exactly an Oscar winning actress in the scenes that no. she was in. I was so pissed when I was watching Game of Thrones and they threw Ed Sheeran in there. That's so exactly random. What I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. It what takes you out of the world. There? He was like a soldier and he was around a campfire singing songs with another soldier. <laughs> okay, yeah. And so it was like a really small bit thing and like, um... <laughs> was it like the medieval version of, I'm in love with the shape of you? Yeah, it kind of was. And like Arya kind of like stumbled across them because she was trying, I don't I don't remember the exact plot, but it was quick. And just seeing him, I'm like, we're no longer in Westeros. It didn't work because it felt like his inclusion was, hey, I'm a fan of Game of Thrones. Can you do, like, can I produce or do me a favor mm-hmm. and insert me rather than being an actual character. Ooh. Yeah. So you win like a auction and you get to have a bit part on any TV show. What TV show do you want to have a bit part on? Easy answer. Bridgerton. I want to be in Bridgerton so freaking bad. I want to be the, di- well, I don't need to be the diamond of the season because that, that, that needs to go to like someone who has a prominent role, yeah, but I just want to be in the background. You're an extra girl. You, you ain't. Yeah. And, and maybe a small speaking role. A small, a small role. <sighs> What are you choosing? Oh, man. I don't have a clue. 
That's a good question. It's a great question. I'm even going to compliment myself that I need I need more time to think about I, it. I genuinely don't know. I know what I want. I want there to be a special, ep- I think you could join me on this, a special reunion episode of The Office. Oh, and I want to be in Be amazing. That would be amazing. I would love to do that just so I could hit on John Krasinski. Because you need, you want, because I love Jim Halper. He, he's so hot. Did you hear that story about him going through TSA on the way to visit his wife, Emily? Because he's married to Emily Blonde, the actress. And he was going through the UK Customs, excuse me, not TSA, UK Customs. And, the, you know, when you go through Customs, they ask you, like, what are you here for, business or pleasure? How long will you be here? And he's answering the questions. And he goes, oh, I'm going to go visit my wife. And the, the agent's like, what does your wife do? And he goes, oh, well, she's an actress. And, he, um, and the uh, agent said, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Would I know her from anything? And John Krasinski is like, oh, I, I don't know. Devils wear pro- Devil wears Prada. She's uh, Emily Blunt. And the agent goes, you? <laughs> John Krasinski's <laughs> hot. She married you and like literally stopped and was like, you're Emily Blunt's husband? And it was, he, I think he said it was such a humbling moment for him. <laughs> I think he's definitely made up for it. Um, but that's the end of our stories. So now I'm going to scrap all of them for tomorrow. Okay. For more stories, head to thebirdshow.com. <laughs> Thank you, Buzz. You're on The Bird Show. Supposed to be really sweet. Her first time, his first time. They do it. And then afterwards, he was like, <laughs> just kidding. It wasn't my first time. <laughs> uh, so did she confront him? Follow up Thursday. We're going to get to that update here in just a second. But I got a quick question for my parents of toddlers. Specifically, like, ones that are, like, two and a half, three years old. Do you let your kid pick their Halloween costume or do you choose it for them? Because they technically don't really fully understand the concept of Halloween yet. I think next year, Jimmy's totally going to get it. This year, not so much. But I want him to be able to have a say, but I also have things I want him to wear. (laughs) (laughs) I I let my kids pick it, um, start once they were able to. I think if they can answer the question, what do you want to be for Halloween? And then Hazel very clearly said, Lightning McQueen. Mm -hmm. Ciao. Yeah, ka-chow. I tried to push her in a different direction because I had something I wanted her to be. And I was like, are you sure you don't want to be this? Nope, she wanted to be Lightning McQueen, so Lightning it was. And this year, she really wants to be a ghost. Huh. Yes. Okay. So that's what's happening. Gotcha. Um, Well, Jimmy and I were playing outside yesterday, and I went this route. Hey, guess what you're going to be for Halloween? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it works. He's going to be a dinosaur. He's going to be Jimmy Saurus. I think that is so cute. I feel like at that age, it makes sense. I think so, too. And I picked something that he enjoys watching and imitating. And I call him Jimmy Soares, and he goes, so, oh, so cute. I don't think you can go wrong at that age either way you do it. Gotcha. Well, that's what he's going to be. So get looking forward to it. Wait till you see what I got Bart to wear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is the true joy. Like, you love your child, but I think it's what you can get your husband into. Uh-huh. That brings you the most joy. Is he going to be Bartosaurus Rex? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I showed him the outfit. He wasn't crazy about it, but... He's doing it because he loves me and he loves our son. (laughs) All right. So it's a follow-up Thursday. Um, He told her it was his first time, but then found out afterwards that he had lied. And we need to know if she confronted him or not. And who requested this one, Mo? This was by Chris O'Neill. And it reads, Hi, Bert Show. Back in February, you guys did a shady or not for a 20-year-old woman who was dating a guy named Chris. I don't think you ever said her name to protect her identity. They both told each other that they were virgins, but it turned out he wasn't really. Did she ever confront him? Are they still together? Thanks, Chris. 
We first heard from our listener um, in February of 2023. And when our listener met her boyfriend, she told him that she had never, quote unquote, played piano. If you know, you know what that means. Sex. <laughs> Before, why do we even use the code? Yeah, should we just start saying sex? Well, I mean, if it's it's this it's late, late in the show, we we can say that sex. They had the sex. Sex. Before. He acted. Okay, re- I don't have to say it that. He acted relieved and confessed that he was in the same boat as her. But after their first time together, she realized he was more skilled than he had let on. Once she questioned him about it, he came clean and told her it was actually not his first time. She was hurt and didn't know what to do. How could she trust someone who lied to her? And in the end, we all agreed that what he did was... (laughs) So did she stay with him or not? Well, around the time that I found out he lied, we had a big heart-to-heart talk, and he even admitted that he was wrong for not being upfront. He also ended up being even more honest and confessed that he had quite a bit more experience than he initially admitted to. Trust is a big deal for me. And the fact that he lied, especially about something as intimate as that, was something I didn't think I could be okay with. So I decided to break it off with him after that. It felt like the right thing to do at the moment. About a month after our breakup, he reached out to me. We started texting and he seemed more honest and open while I was more understanding and willing to listen. After several weeks of talking, we went out again. And that's when he genuinely apologized for not being truthful. He shared that he had lied about, he had lied out of fear of judgment, thinking I would be less inclined to give him a chance if I knew about his past. While I can't say I completely understand, I appreciated his honesty at the time. Long story short, I decided to give our relationship another shot. We've been dating ever since. It's been about six months now. And aside from the rocky start, things have been pretty great. We're not perfect, but then again, what couple is? Hmm. Anyway, that's my update. I did not see that coming. Did not expect that at all. (gasps) Do we believe him? I mean, we didn't hear it. Believe him about what? That he, he lied out of fear judgment. It's interesting because we never really hear about men feeling slut shamed. Uh-huh. And so my knee jerk reaction is to be like, well, that's BS. But also like, who am I to be like, yeah. that's not how you feel. Yeah. You didn't feel that way. Um, I, I wonder about what she thought about what he thought the judgment would be. Like if they come from like, I don't know, like a religious background and he thought he was going to be judged for sleeping in, with multiple people. But we don't really know that information. I always felt that guys felt like they would be more judged if they were virgins rather than if they slept with a lot of women. It used to be like that. But I think times are changing now yeah. where I think, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot more women being vocal about, well, if you are going to dig into my past, I'm going to dig into yours. So I think guys are starting to actually feel like they can be slut shamed. But either way, I just feel like that lies entirely too much. I don't, I don't know that I would be able to get Pass somebody lying to me about something like that. It's a huge indiscretion, but I wonder if he, I wonder if the real truth is that he did lie to make her more comfortable. Mm. But if you say that, it sounds like I just lied to get in your pants and mm. maybe he genuinely was trying to put her at ease. So this is the new lie to be like, uh, you know, I was going to feel judged because I do think if a guy came forward and was like, oh, well, I lied to make you more comfortable, everyone is just going to be like, okay, you just wanted to get in her pants. And maybe he genuinely is a good guy. You're on The Burt Show. All right, so according to a new survey, men would rather have a woman make fun of their mother than their junk. (laughs) That's cruel. (laughs) They would rather have a woman make fun of their mother than their own junk. Sounds accurate. You think so? Mm -hmm. All right, so I read this and I was like, it's time for a game of Would You Rather Insults. (laughs) 
giving a kid warning here because we're going to use the word sex more than once. <laughs> I went into a deep dive on the internet for some of the best insults. Oh. All right. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read off these insults and you guys have to decide which one is the worst one. Okay. All right. All right. Now, I again, these are harsh. These are so, so harsh Ooh, okay. and they are so wrong and you have been warned. But when I say a couple of them made me laugh out loud, I don't know what that says about me as a person, but they <laughs> did. All right. So first, and we're starting strong. <clears throat> even though that's one word I can't say on the radio. I'd call you a C word, but you lack the depth and warmth. <laughs> I wow. love that. Okay. Versus, you're like September 10th. No one will remember you. <gasps> <Ooh>. <laughs> which one is worse? Yes. Which one would you not oh, want man. to hear? I'm going with the first one. You don't want to hear the first one? Uh, that's harsh mm. for me. I don't know. I can't, I, don't, I can't joke about 9-11, so September 10th to me is worse about it. I feel like that yeah. one's worse, too. Same For the same reason. Yeah. It's just, I, I can't it will never it. be funny. Yeah. All right, next one. You are a walking advertisement for the benefits of birth control. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's funny. That's good. Versus, you're so ugly, your birth certificate is an apology letter from the condom company. <laughs> 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 that one gets you, Cassie? <laughs> that one is good. So, oh. would you rather somebody walk up to you and say, you're a walking advertisement for the benefits of birth control, or you're so ugly, your birth certificate is an apology letter from the condom company? <laughs> I, I like the second one because it's more original. I've never heard it. <laughs> so, you'd rather somebody say that? Yeah. I'm going number one because you know what? Birth control is not a bad thing. So, go... <laughs> Contraception. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your next round of the worst insults. Jesus called. He says that he loves everyone with the exception of you. Ooh. Oh, uh -uh, no, blasphemy. <laughs> Versus, you're so ugly, dogs hump your leg with their eyes closed. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> doing Man. something for Cassie, right? <laughs> Cassie's in a place right now, so these are really hitting like a part of her soul. A place of rare happiness. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you want somebody to say Jesus called? He said he loves everyone, with the exception of you. Or you're so ugly, dogs hump your leg with their eyes closed. Give me the give me the dog with the eyes closed. Yeah. I want Jesus to love me. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Give me give me number two because I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Oh. These are these are harsh. Okay. Well, they've all been harsh, but here we go. Which one? Which insult would you rather have <laughs> hurled at you? Everyone who ever loved you was wrong. <laughs> Versus, Damn. I envy everyone you've never met. Ooh. I know those are some burns. Number two, number one is harsh. Uh huh. That's something I would have to unpack in therapy, <laughs> right? No, this that that's for sure a therapy one. Um. Give give me give me the first one actually. Yeah, everyone who ever loved you was wrong. Yeah, give me what? that. One. Why? Yeah, the second one feels like I envy everyone who never met you. <laughs> Ouch. No, number one is just sad. <laughs> they both harsh. <laughs> All right, your next round. Which insult would you rather receive? You are the human equivalent of a participation award. Wow, you tried. You just tried. It's like it's like calling someone a Hufflepuff. <laughs> This is Cassie's favorite segment. Of all time. <laughs> Hufflepuff is such an insult, and it shouldn't be. Versus, you may not be the dumbest person alive, but you better hope that he doesn't die. 
That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> All right. You want to be called the equivalent of a part- participation award, or you may not be the dumbest person alive, but you better hope he doesn't die. Give me the second one, because at least I'm still not the dumbest. Okay. I'm still alive. All right. Give me the first one, because Hufflepuffs are great finders. <laughs> That's an right. inside joke that a, that a niche amount of group will get. All right, here we go. Last one. <clears throat> Which insult would you rather have? Kid warning. Uh-oh. Uh-uh. Your teeth are so yellow that when you're driving your car, other cars slow down. <laughs> Versus your mother should have swallowed you. Yikes. <laughs> hey, oh. yo. The first one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Into this. Uh, my mama should have been what? <laughs> it's the Burt Show. Thanks for listening. Get more Burt Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at the Burt Show.